0: This episode is sponsored by the McCormick Center for Early Childhood Leadership at National Lewis University in Chicago. The center has this slogan, improving outcomes for children one leader at a time. Go to their webpage to find information about them. Just Google McCormick Center for Early Childhood Leadership at National Lewis University. Welcome to the podcast Research in Leadership in Schools and Early Childhood Settings. My name is Johannes Miesker. I am trained as a teacher, I have a master's degree in educational psychology, and I have a PhD. I work both research-wise and teaching-wise in the area of educational leadership. Well, I hope that uh, you will uh, gain new insight and knowledge from the interview that I will present to you today. Enjoy the interview. Yeah, so I am here at the the Leadership Connections conference, which is a conference organized by McCormick Center for Early Childhood Leadership at National Lewis University in Chicago. And we have had many presentations here on the Leadership Connections Conference. And one of them was with uh, uh, Kay Elbrecht and Jennifer Fichtner. 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 Thank you. <laughs> and they are both uh, from uh, Innovations in Early Childhood Education. And uh, Kay Elbrecht is an author she has written many 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 books and uh, jennifer is yeah she's kind of upcoming there and she does some research also at the moment and today we will talk about uh, so they do a lot uh, about supporting emotional and social development with children or of children And uh, today we will talk a little bit about the stress. So in an early childhood setting, there will be a lot of stress, both for the children, the parents, the staff, and so on. And we will talk a little bit what we can do about stress in early childhood settings. And uh, we will start with, um, why do we have to deal with this issue of stress?
1: So the issue of stress matters. for all kinds of reasons, but the evidence we're seeing in the field of epigenetics, which has recently been applied to child development, shows that experiences that children have during their sensitive development periods can impact how their genes are expressed, and that kind of expression has intergenerational impact. It it impacts how their own children will develop and learn. Um, and so the work that teachers and leaders do in the classroom with children has very long lasting implications.
0: So we could say that innovation in kind of stress is, if we take the old discussion of nature and nurture, so, so this is actually combined in the issue of stress.
1: Exactly, it clarifies that it's, bro- it's both. You, you're born with a set of genes, but how those genes are expressed res- is responsive to the environment that you grow up in.
0: And 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 uh, of course we will talk about reducing stress, but but is stress maybe in a small scale could that could that also lead to maybe positive developments or a state where kind of progress will be made?
1: Absolutely, there's there's types of stress that are normal. They're part of the developmental process and they're things that children need to learn how to cope with to proceed normally with with development and learning. Um, And teachers and administrators and leaders' job is to help children move through those experiences without getting stuck and to have relationships with them that are supportive. Um, and can help children cope and, and grow their skill set. Um, the problem is when that stressors happen and there aren't relationships and strategies that help children manage their emotions and they're not able to develop their skill set in that regard.
0: So, so the aim is not necessarily to move, remove all the stress but the aim is to help them cope with stress and actually use it for something useful.
1: Exactly. Stress is inevitable. Everyone's going to have to deal with it, um, but building the skill sets for children and adults is important to, to be able to deal with whatever comes your way.
0: And uh, Kay, we're going to move over to you. You have done a lot about uh, supporting emotional and social development of children. And, and how does kind of stress add into those issues?
2: Well, for the director of a program or a principal or leader of a program, the stress pulls up and the stress pulls down. So they're getting stress from implementing programs, you know, from the reality of how complicated what we do is. in addition to that, you add the program administration, program leadership, all of that kind of stuff on top directors are a pretty stressed population mm-hmm. and when we ask people are oh, how stressed are you this is a really stressed group their jobs are comprehensive they're long term they're long days they're complicated problems they work with families who are complex and so forth so being able as a leader to develop your own stress reduction strategies so that you can be Able to cope in these situations it goes hand in hand with being able to support teachers and children. If you can't, if you're stressed and act that way, and your, you know, your cortisol levels are up and your brain's offline, then you can't deal with it either. So that old saying, "The pace of the leader is the pace of the pack," also really changes if the leader doesn't have all of her capabilities on. on on, on, on available, accessible to her. And when her teachers, or his teachers, don't have their capabilities on, accessible to them. So we really are talking about the interrelationship between all of the participants in the early childhood educational setting and what stress can do to positively motivate them to succeed and what stress can do to derail their success our children or teachers or administrators or families.
0: And I'll just have to get this right because I think when we in northern Europe will use the word stress, that's kind of the diagnosis that the doctor will give to some people who are kind of too stressed and they will have to get off from work. But, but when you use the term <laughs> stress, it must be a more generic uh, concept.
2: Um, we look at stress from the development of cortisol, a a hormone that stimulates you to be um, moderately um, stressed, Mm. and that can be functional, and, Mm. you know, I got to catch the next train, or I have to um, solve this problem, and that kind of stress can be useful and helpful, and if we have what's called in, in... the, the vernacular here in the u.s toxic stress mm. it disables my abilities mm. to cope so if you, if your idea of you got to, go to the doctor and get identified as stress that's that's toxic stress that's stress that's going to take your brain offline you won't be able to generate alternatives you can't come up with solutions you panic that kind of stuff we're, we're trying to work in that range between toxic stress, which we hope nobody has, and if children have, we need to mediate it. And this moderate level of stress that helps you be motivated and um, set goals that are challenging and be competent around that, those efforts. So, yes, we're not talking about a medical diagnosis. We're talking about just normal changes in the interactive structure of the hormonal and particularly the, the, the stress hormonal systems. Mm. And, boy, you can really measure it. You know, we can tell how brains are operating by looking at the amount of cortisol that is present in the body. And it literally takes sections of your brain and makes them go black. Particularly
1: the sections that pertain to higher level thinking. Those are the ones that go away when that cortisol level is elevated. Um, And it activates the fight or flight response, which is useful in certain contexts, but not very useful in a lot of other contexts. And so to to just echo Kay, it's a different, different use of the word here for sure
0: and 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 uh, when i 'm thinking about the Nordic countries, i don't think we will talk so much about the stress in early childhood centers and how to learn the children to cope with it is Is this new in America also to talk about
1: I would say part of the reason is what I understand about the the system in the Nordic countries is that you have much better resources for your young children than we have here Um, and so young children are not coming into your programs as under-resourced as many of the children that are in a lot of these early childhood programs are. Um, Poverty levels are different, um, community violence is different and so I think there's a different set of issues but talking about managing stress for children I think is a newer phenomenon.
0: Yeah. And then you um, have been talking about three strategies to kind of uh, cope with uh, the stress in early childhood centers. Shall we maybe talk us through well, these those? These are
2: leadership strategies. Mm. What, is, what do people who are in charge of the leadership side of it need to do? And the first two are for, uh, so really very simple. Uh, predictable environments. This is a, a, more than just um, uh, something that happens at the classroom level when you are uh, leading people in a program, they need predictability too. So this whole idea of you need to know what's happening and the environment needs to be conducive for it. It's not always true that that's the case in early childhood programs, that that there is an adequate physical facility. Maybe another difference between our countries because Inadequate facilities are not unusual. Um, We have wonderful facilities too, but it's harder. We don't have a system that's quite as um, integrated into keeping uh, that sameness among uh, early childhood programs. So, the the predictability of the environment is really important.
0: And and with the predictability, you mean both the physical arrangement, but do you also mean to have a clear schedule of what will be happening For today? Children,
2: those would be good examples. The classroom is well arranged, and you know what's going to happen. And the same people are in the classroom, and you know them, and, and they're going to take care of you, and you feel that way. For teachers, it's a little bit broader, because they need support that looks a little bit different. and And the director, the leader, is the person who provides that level of predictability. So, you know, what are the policies and procedures? Do I know what to do if X happens or if Y happens? Do I know that I'm going to get some support if I want to ask for a change in something that's going on at the school? So that predictability from the leader's perspective, and that's why we started with the simple ones. Let's get the environment to be real predictable, so you know what's going to happen, you're, then you're freed up as a professional to be comfortable, capable, and implement your program uh, at the classroom level. You can, intervie- you can intervene with parents. You can problem solve with them. You don't need to come up to the leader and say, help me solve this problem, because you have the skills and the support and the predictability of that to manage.
1: The other thing we talked about with predictability um, that's a little more nuanced is the predictability of the emotional tone of the environment. So, As the leader, that means the leader needs to have a predictable emotional tone when interacting with children and with families and with teachers. So when a teacher has a problem, they know what kind of response they're going to get from their leader. They know what sort of support will be available. And then that filters down into the the teaching level, so the teachers are providing that kind of reliable, warm emotional tone for children, um, regardless of the circumstances. So the, the emotional tone is part of predictability as well.
0: Yeah, and shall we move over to the next uh, strategy? Who wants to take it? Jennifer.
1: I'll take it. The the, um, second strategy we focused on was responding promptly to stress and distress um, when you see them. We know this is a really important strategy with young children. They need an adult to take care of them right away, no matter the cause of their stress, and whether or not that adult can fix it. Um, But from a leadership perspective, that means that Leaders need to be attuned to signs that there are problems before they become catastrophes and address them right away. Not take time, not wait it out and see. Really address an issue. If you have a teacher, for example, who is chronically late, to think about that as a stress problem for that teacher as opposed to a poor employee problem and address it as from a supportive perspective how can we help this teacher? manage what's happening in his or her life um, in a way that allows them to show up on time and present and ready to do their job every day uh, is a really important task for leaders.
0: Is it also something about taking an, 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 an appreciative acquired kind of approach to, to problems?
2: Relationships, yeah, being in a relationship mm. with the people who have to do the, the work in the classroom. Yeah, and so stress reduction happens when you know you have a de- dependable leader mm. for a teacher, for a family member, and for kids. Yeah, and when that's all going to be consistent, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, and I'm going to get help if I need it. And we're talking about cl- you know classroom help. You, you got a catastrophe, or you know you spilled the milk, or or a child is sick. Uh, or I, I can't stop this baby from crying. Those, those are part of the leader's job to make sure they don't get sustained because of the stress hormones and the stress that that does cause and can influence what's happening.
1: In programs in the United States, we have a really high turnover for employees in early childhood. It's about 40% annual turnover in the field. And when we can help teachers when leaders help teachers manage their stress, they can help employees
2: stay in the workplace and stay in the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, and our
2: last thing is to make sure leaders take care of their stress, mm. um, or that we were talking about. And and the, and the strategy is, is strictly to build rela- focus on building relationships. It's easy to focus on policies and procedures it's less easy to spend time in the relationship building process as a strategy for being um, uh, less stressed in your work. And so that's the relationship piece between teachers and families, between children and teachers, and between teachers and their leader is one of those important considerations around how successful you'll be at stress reduction in your in your, in your setting. And that's often around availability. You know, when will I get what I need from my supervisor? And when will she be able to help me problem-solve? When will they be um, in, the, in the house, you know, in the, in the school and, when, and present and available to resource me? Um, and that's a real... That's, it's a job of the leader to build that into the problem-solving that they have to do, the fires they have to pick out, the ordering they have to do, the hiring and and, and supervision that they have to do—it has to be in a relationship-based situation.
0: And when I think about uh, when I think about uh, this kind of focus on stress, as you are taking now and that the administrator will have to make the environment and the actual predictable and, and also to take care of uh, her staff. Is there a risk for maybe, b- because I'm thinking that, that uh, professionals in early childhood settings, they have like a private life and that's maybe where emotions and maybe personal, life comes in and then we have a professional life. But, but is there, if you understand me, if there, is there a, a possibility that we can actually begin to do too much therapy for, for oh, this for, for the stuff?
1: So uh, we're real clear so that some of these strategies are actually pulled from play therapy techniques. But it's not therapeutic. It's interventions that are research or proven by research to be effective with all sorts of people um, and implementable by all sorts of people. Um, I think that there may also be a cultural difference. I, I spent some time living in Germany, and I know Germans are, have a lot more division between their workplace and their private life than Americans typically typically do, um, and a lot more maybe compartmentalization. Um, But when you're seeing these signs of stress in the workplace, it's often a bleed over um, of personal life into the professional world. And when we take some of these strategies that are – when we talk about relationships, we're not talking about – I'm your best friend. I'm being friends. We're talking about being a trusted colleague who you can solve work problems with, who you can trust with your work-related problems, um, who you can trust on their reliability for their responses and um, resources. Not so much building friendships as as functioning
2: collegial relationships. Mm. Does that make sense? However, there is a body of research that shows us that you bring your baggage to work with you often. And, and it depends on uh, the social setting, for sure, and the political setting and the cultural setting. But it's pretty hard to leave your... When you work with very young children, the, the birth to eight field, uh, it's hard to leave all that at the door. If you had a fight with your husband on the way out of the door, you're coming in with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder anyway. This isn't about um, trying to fix those things, but it is about being aware of them and planning a, a, a real early break for someone who comes in the door stressed, regardless of whether you understand the reason. And it's kind of an intuitive, intuitive process. You gotta be aware of the emotional health, health of your people. Um, we're not really talking in, in our work. We're not talking about fixing it. You need to know about referrals and how to link people with community resources and all that. But uh, yes, we would like to be very clear that we are not therapeutically intervening in our staff's <laughs> lives or recommending that, that um, a leader do that. You would give up some of your ability to lead if you started trying to fix people around uh, those kinds of issues. So that's a good point.
1: I think it's more about creating a workspace where people can set down the things that they come into the door with. They, The workspace is calm, it's a place where people are not distracted by non-essential things where they can really do the work as opposed to trying to figure out when I'm going to be able to reach my supervisor or are there the supplies I need to do this thing I have planned today um, where the workplace is predictable, where it's safe, where it's, the tone is warm and positive and so people can move forward from whatever it is that's causing them distress in another situation.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I do in my job with quite a lot of early childhood centers, so I will have students on placement, and initially when I come into an uh, early childhood setting, I can kind of judge how is the kind of social culture or Ooh, social mood, climate, yeah, yeah. emotional climate, yeah. yeah. Is, is, is there, I don't know if you do many visits, but, but, but is there a chance to predict or to um, assess how the mood is in the early childhood center?
2: Yes, um, and I would have to look it up, but we do have some assessment instruments about um, emotional climate. It's also intuitive, Mm. and I bet if we um, stood at the door and walked in with that director or that administrator of those centers, they would be able to pretty quickly um, tell you what the emotional climate is just by the way the building sounds. And, and that's that relationship piece. Mm. You know, if there are five screaming infants in the baby room, something's going on, yeah. <laughs> you know, and something needs to be done. Yeah. And can probably pretty quickly identify that. Uh. But there is um, emotional climate assessments that really look at the professional relationships within a, in a, a center and, and how, what are the characteristics that support that.
0: And and as you are talking now, I'm thinking that the role of the leader is to kind of take an overview and say how much kind of stress is there in the different layers. And maybe if I, as a leader, can sense there's too much stress. Now, there is something going on between the parents and the children. There is something going on between the girls and the boys. And then there is something with the staff, then, then the job or the task of the director is to kind of simplify it and say, okay, we won't do these five changes as we talked about last month, but it's time for me to reduce and to kind of maybe make it more simple.
2: Well, and that's communication. That's mm-hmm. when you really have to not only be aware of the stress levels, but also the work satisfaction. You're really getting at underneath stress It's probably something about, is this the right job for me and do I feel supported and am I successful in it? That's crucial to being able to um, change things as you go along because you have people. You have different individuals who are not the same and need different accommodations and that's back to a leadership role again. I, everyone does not get the same thing. You may need a little bit of um, uh, release time today because you had a stressful morning getting to work or there was a wreck on the, on the, you know, Audubon or whatever. And someone else can pick up that while you get your rest. It's, it's a dynamic job. I, I'm intrigued by your idea of how do you um, assess emotional climate. That's a real skill that has to be developed in leaders who are successful at implementing very high-quality early childhood programs.
1: That does key back to the relationship-building part and having a a professional relationship with the people that you work with so that hopefully they will let you know about stressors or problems they're having before you walk in the room and see that it's a disaster. Uh, But you have to have colleagues or staff that trust you for that communication to happen
0: yeah actually i'm sorry to say it but time is running out now we have already talked for over 20 minutes Uh, if we are to wrap this up is there kind of maybe some uh, recommendations you have for early childhood centers in regard to this to reduce stress
2: well i certainly for the leaders and administrators The issue of uh, one of our strategies for directors and leaders is to have a place you can go and close the door and actually spend time on your own emotional health and stress reduction Because without that, the the domino falls and it moves on and on. So sometimes it's the little bitty things like, do I have an office I love to be in? Do I have a view of the outdoors and nature? Do I have things that I need to uh, get a cup of tea? How can I make sure I'm okay first? And after you do that, some of these things become easier to manage because you are in a place emotionally to resource other people.
0: We have come to the end of this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed the interview with a researcher in the area of schools, early childhood settings, and social care settings. We have a group on Facebook. You are welcome to join us there. You can have news about podcasts, and we can discuss issues being brought up in the interviews. Just go on Facebook and in the search field, research in leadership in schools, early childhood settings, and social care settings. Well, the last thing for me is just to wish you a marvelous day. (laughs) Bye-bye.